Hello? Hello? Yes, good morning. It's Sister Sylvia. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Uh, we don't, we're not sure if we have a host there. Well, Brother Dwayne and Sister Sarah are here, but I don't know if there's a host on duty. Oh, okay. We'll message morning to see if somebody's coming. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, everyone. I guess I'll play host. It looks like we uh, didn't have someone fill in for host. Uh, this is Brother Dwayne. Uh, good morning. How are you all doing? Good morning, Dwayne. Sister Dee Dee, do you want me to do it for you? Um, oh, then that would be wonderful. Thank you, Dee Dee. Okay, I'll give you a minute to get ready. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Declare Victory. Declare Victory. It's Saturday, the day after Christmas. I don't normally do this, but welcome to Declare Victory. Who wants to say good morning? 
Good Nobody morning, wants Chantel. To say good morning. Good morning, Chantel. Happy Saturday. Um, happy Saturday, too. Good morning. This is Rita. Good morning, Rita. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you. I hope your Christmas right. was fun. It was blessed just to be with my mama. I was with her all day, so thank you, sir. Yes, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Amen. family. It's magnificent. Happy Saturday. Good morning, magnificent. It's Dynamite Diddy filling in. So y'all help me because I just know how to say. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, everybody it's the Barb. I hope everybody else had a wonderful Christmas. And God Good morning, beloved Barb. Good morning. Good morning, it's Prosperous Pam. Dynamite Dee Dee, do you want me to check with Moni on the um, script? No. no, it's fine. I mean, you, you if you want to, you can. It's Saturday. Okay. You know, we just go with the flow. Y'all know what Go is. with it. We've been, we've been doing <laughs> yeah. this. <laughs> gotcha. Good morning. Welcome to the Claire Victory. Who's that? Want to say good morning? Brother Dwayne and Sister Sarah are doing the declaration and the prayer. Are you guys doing the prayer too? I don't, yes, ma'am. Okay. See, that's good. I, I did. Look at me. I, I, I I saw your just just your name, so we got this. Did anybody want to say good morning? It's about good morning, Miss Leomia. Good morning, Mom. Welcome, welcome. Good morning again, it's Sister Sylvia. Good morning, Sister Sylvia. Welcome. It's a little after um, six. Do you want me to get started so you guys can go ahead? Okay, I'll, this is Sister Dee Dee, and this is Declare Victory on Saturday. Um, we'll have prayer by Brother Dwayne. And, is it um, okay? We'll just let you guys take over. But I'll read a scripture. Um, please put your calls on mute um, for the duration of the call until we go into the love, life, and victory portion. So, just today's scripture, I'm going to just do Proverbs 17:17, 17, 17, and it simply says, "A friend loves at all times." Once again. This is Declare Victory. Um, Dwayne and, and, and Sister Sarah will be doing the declaration. So without anything further, I'll go ahead and turn the call over. So again, please mute your line. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Judy, for <laughs> literally filling in at the last second. And you did an excellent job. You rock. Thank you so much. Um, and, and thank everyone who was calling in and just for your patience. Um, since we were all scrambling here. Um, and I, uh, I just, I, I thank uh, the Father. Um, it's interesting that this is called, uh, or today's message <clears throat> is on focus, or the month is um, on focus, uh, because regardless of all things in life, uh, He is uh, our Lord, uh, God, our Savior, um, but also Creator of all things, uh, is the focus. In the focal point, um, in the midst of everything going on, and our family has uh, not been immune to it. Um, we're uh, been going through it literally with COVID and just different things. The focus is on the Lord, and so I, I thank you, Father, that um, we can focus upon you through the good, the bad, the indifferent, um, 
Lord, that we can, you strengthen us in all things. You provide for us through all things. Um, you push through all things with us and you get us to the other end of everything, of everything. And Lord God, your focus never hinders, dwindles, um, is never uh, put into a detour. Your plans for us, the purposes and everything that you created us for, Lord God, is always focused and has a destination, Lord God. Um, in, in the end, it's with you and all the heavenly beings, Lord God. But there are many things throughout our life, Lord Jesus, that you've purposed for us um, that regardless of the trials we're going through and regardless of what goes up and down, Lord God, you never lose focus. We may um, get on detours and we may go to the left or right, um, but Lord God, with you at the helm of our lives, Lord God, with you at the focal point of our heart, you're um, that compass that can always straighten us out. You're, you're the one that can always lead to the direction that you intended us from the very beginning, even when we stray, even when things are hard, even when uh, times are tough, uh, when society says a certain thing or things are going down, um, when pressures, and, and we all can, you know, might be various definitions of pressure, but we all know what it feels like. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, that you never lose focus. You're never deterred. You're never shaken. We can be unshakable in you, never in ourselves, because we've got limitations. We're only human. But you are infinite. You are omnipotent, omnipresent. Um, you are greater than all things. I am grateful for the greatness of you. I am grateful that regardless of our shortcomings, our failures, our limitations, your love is never ending and your determination, Lord God, to come after us again and again and again is never deterred. It never ceases. You never cease. The purposes you have for mankind, the purposes you have for us here to have dominion on this planet and bring it back um, to you. The focus and determination you have, Lord God, for us to return to you. Always. To be driven, Lord God, by your love and your passion for us. We we think we, we choose you and run to you and, and hunt you down, but it's only if we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We're human, and you already put that into the equation. You already knew our faults. You already knew our foolishness. You already knew that unless we could um, know that goodness, we weren't going to run to you. We weren't going to come after you, but you've never stopped chasing us. I know there's a book and the saying of being a God chaser and what have you, but you're always chased us first. You always turned us on to you. Um, it was never the other way around. You made the sacrifice to find us and come for us. You've, uh, regardless of even the angels, Lord God, that are, are literally perfect and have not sinned, that therefore they're still in heaven. You still choose us that sin time and again on a regular, daily, hourly basis. You keep coming after us. A society that keeps turning from you. A planet that keeps choosing any and everything but you. You have a dogged 
focus to love us. Whether in our hearts or our voices or our actions, time and again, we let you know we choose somebody or something else. And your focus says, I love you. I've done all for you. I've given all for you. I'm coming for you. Again and again and again. And I am just astonished knowing I am unworthy. And I am so grateful. Father God, we it's easy to say, to give up on any and everything and say the world's going to hell in a handbasket and there's nothing that can be done about it. But then I just remember you're doggedly focused on loving us and coming for us. And regardless of what we do individually or as a planet, that never ceases. And so there is always hope. There's always transformation. There is always the other side of any and everything that we face because you never cease. I thank you for that determination and I thank you that that is what is in the life of everybody on this line. And so everybody that's on here, I invite you to um, open to the line and, and speak out to the Father that has never quit chasing after you and the ones you love and the ones that you put up in prayer and the ones that you have asked him to continue to chase them. Whether in your family or your workplace or your country, um, your state, uh, your circle of influence. I invite you to lift up any and everyone that you would ask the creator of the universe to chase after and never give up. Lord Everyone that's ever come onto your heart, to say, Lord, we that, that's you your kid, go get Thank you, God, for you have changed the planet God. Thank you for being here to work with us. Thank you 
in your powerful and beautiful name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, if you can please go ahead and mute uh, uh, your line. Thank you again, everyone that lifted voices together and came in together. Thank you, Didi, again for last second um, hosting us. Uh, did it so well, so cheerfully, so joyfully, and we are grateful to you as well. Um, and uh, without any further ado, I um, I will need to call. I will pass the call to my wife, uh, Sister Sarah, who has a word from the Lord for all of us to to hear, take part in, and enjoy. With and I pass it over to Sister Sarah. Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. I hope um, everyone really enjoyed their time with their family. I know it's probably not look like a normal Christmas. I know the Elliott family has been having a COVID Christmas. <laughs> yeah, so if you hear me coughing and hacking, you'll understand what it's about. But what's really cool about this time that I've been spending, I've been home from work for two weeks. I'll go back on Monday. And um, and it's interesting that this this teach is on focus because it's I've had two weeks to think about what what the Lord is saying about next year, what's coming up, what's what He wants me to focus on, and and uh, my family <laughs> we've all we all got COVID, and um, I spent so much time. Um, just getting to be present with my family. And even in circumstances where the enemy thinks that he can knock you down, God still uses each and every moment. And I've gotten to see just the love and the grace from my family to tend to my health and to tend to me. And Christmas was not was not destroyed for us. It was actually really beautiful. And, um, and during this time, the Lord did gave me this little download and he said, um, right about the point where, um, both Dwayne and I were having just a hard time even get up, getting up the stairs. We we live in a two story house and we get halfway up and we have to take a break because our breath has been taken out of us. And, um, the Holy Spirit just whispered a verse and he said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I thought about everything. The George Floyd, who was, whose breath was literally being taken from his body and his words were, were I can't breathe. See, the enemy wants to come to kill, steal, and destroy our breath because it's our breath that praises him. It's our breath that declares over the enemy. And every time that I began to, to have a hard time breathing or have shortness of breath or felt like something was heavy on my chest, I would praise the Lord, and it would get me to my next breath. So I don't know. If there's others out there that's struggling with this bug, but I just want you to remember, whether it's yourself or someone you know, that as you're praying, 
praise because that is a weapon. So I just wanted to say that that little bit before we head into what what God wants to speak about this morning. Um, my verse, and it's going to probably make more sense as we get into the meat of the message, but the verse is Hebrews 12, 2, the main verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy was set that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. My title for this message is Focusing on the Mission. Let's look at, at what we define focus as. What actions really do we take? Because focus is an action work, word. We, we set our attention on the subject or image. We set aside distractions, and we, just to see clearly, we set the environment for focus. We make determined decisions to focus, and focusing requires commitment. Um, when I was a kid... I, um, they, my parents found out that there's, there was something not (laughs) working with me. (laughs) They would tell me to do three things and I couldn't do any of them. But if they told me to do one thing, I could follow through with it. And they started to, to pick up on it. Um, it would, I would get real frustrated and cry because if they told me to do three things, I wouldn't remember what any of them were, and then I, I couldn't fulfill the instructions that were given to me, and then I would cry and become upset because I wanted to please my parents. And this continued to happen as I was growing up, and my mom finally, you know, she's like, look, I gotta, we got to get you tested. So they took me to all kinds of doctors and Um, I had tests done, and this was back in the 70s, probably 80s, and um, they they realized probably before it was actually popular that I had attention deficit disorder, which means that my brain moves really fast, and I have a hard time focusing. I can think of a lot of many different things in one, one minute, and so then... If someone is talking, my thoughts, actual thoughts, become my distractions. And I'm not able to obtain the information that's needed on whatever it is that the person was trying to communicate. So I wanted to look at what is the purpose of focusing. Um, We focus to obtain more information, to research, examine. If you look at focus groups in a business or organization, like say Apple or Google, they do focus groups specifically on products that they've sold so they can obtain new information about how that, that product is functioning. Um, and they look at all of the elements. Is it selling? Um, what population they, they are, is it selling, selling to? What's the niche? You know, they're looking at all of these things. They're obtaining information. They, they, um, pretty much every 
organization or group should be doing some sort of focus groups. Uh, really, churches uh, as well will do focus groups to see how a particular um, ministry is functioning, what can be improved. It's really focus focus groups obtain information so they can make a, an improvement or a change. You know, we can focus on, a lot of times we'll focus on immediate danger or crisis or, or problems. Um, we'll focus on things that are uh, functioning in our jobs, ministries, families, and particularly things that, that bring us to the attention. So when I was little, my attention was just on all the things that I really wanted to have attention. And it, it, I say little, it, it still happens. <laughs> you know, like I my attention can be, um, I can get distracted pretty easily. Focusing though for me is interesting because um, I, I don't always get completely enveloped in the, in the thing that's taking my attention. But if it's important enough to me, I can put all 100% of my energy into the thing that is presenting itself. So we focus when we have goals and dreams to fulfill. A plan is not good unless you have determined a decision to focus on fulfilling the plans to execute the goal. Uh, Focus is what is needed to complete the race set out before you. And focus requires a great deal of faith and is not for the faint of heart. Focus is needed for the mission. I was thinking about um, Paul in the Bible, Paul and Silas, um, and particularly they're a great team. It said that Paul established, helped to establish over 14 churches. They say more because out of those 14 churches, other churches began to sprout out. It was really a multiplication. I mean, here comes, here comes Paul who used to kill Christians and now he's establishing churches. It's, it's incredible. The mission that, that, the, that Jesus set out before him, he wasn't a disciple and he was hated by a lot of Jews. He was tortured. He was imprisoned. He had a lot of setbacks. The enemy was out to put a roadblock every step of the way. And yet, Paul still helped establish 14-plus churches. Not only that, but he established, encouraged, and built up leaders. He wasn't the one pastoring those churches. Who was pastoring the churches? People that he built up. He was he was an uh, an apostle. He went. He built up churches, foundations of churches, and he built up people. And I was thinking about focus. Paul would have had to have quite a bit of focus. Now, interesting enough, that what was the thing that God took out when he had his transformation? His eyes. Because he needed new eyes to see what the mission was that was being set out before him. God had to literally, it was, it was, a, it was a natural thing. But what, think about what would happen <laughs> if someone came and took your sight. You would feel insecure. 
you may you may feel out of control, fearful, all of those things. God God took good care of him. Don't, he he sent people to take care of him when he was blind. He didn't know if he would ever get his sight back. See, I I think that when God gives you a mission, he has to take your sight that you operated in, and he has to replace it with his eyes so you can see clearly the mission. Look at Jesus. Jesus had a mission. He was, he was born to save the world. I love that verse. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher, like he wrote the story. He's the author and he finished. So he's standing at the finish line. Who for the joy that was set before him. And I'm like, that's an interesting way of putting, you know, being killed. <laughs> joy set out before him. No, see, Jesus, Jesus knew what was sitting before him. He knew that he was going to have to die. He, he even said, hey, Lord, if, I would, if you could spare me. You know, but, you know, your will be done. Because he knew that he had a mission set before him. See, a mission requires sacrifice every time. If you, if you go through, through history books, you look at Joan of Arc, you look at, a, you look at the disciples, every single one of them had a mission to establish something from kingdom to earth. And, and I think almost every one of the disciples were crucified almost every single one i'm not saying they all gonna die i'm just i'm just saying that a mission god's mission set out before you requires sacrifice it requires new eyes to see what jesus sees and it requires a sacrifice a commitment focus is not it's no joke you have to you have to be able to lay aside all distractions but in order for you to be able to focus on the mission, you have to know what the distractions are. So we're going to go through some of the distractions so that you can have eyes to see what the enemy would be plotting, what, he, what, he, what his schemes and what he, what he does. It's, it's exposing the enemy in a sense because the, the more you're able to see what's set out before you, what the enemy lays out before you, the more you're able to see how Jesus is the way maker. And the king of glory will come in and he will, he will remove every distraction but it requires a commitment and it requires us to be able to keep our eyes focused on Jesus so that we can know that he is the author and the finisher standing at the end and he will grow us in the process. But there is a mission, regardless if, if, if there are circumstances that happen, just like Paul was put in prison, right? And what did Paul and Silas do? Paul and Silas sang praises to the Lord. And not only did they did were they used to bring salvation to the to the whole house of a guard, but they that only and not only did their prison doors open, everyone's prison doors open. There's so many keys in Revelation about this process. It's like we think that there's like this crazy plan that we have to do in order to get to the, to the mission. And sometimes it's just a pr- praising the Lord. 
Each of us have been offered an assignment. So when you become one of God's children, you are one God's children, but when you become into, come into covenant with Jesus, he has an assignment for heaven on your life. My question is, do you know what that assignment is? And have you accepted it? He commissions each and every one of us. Some of us have been discipled for years and have not stepped out on our, on our mission. We're, like, we're kind of like Peter. <laughs> and the Lord's like, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? See, Peter wasn't having the eyes to see what Jesus is, is seeing. We need to have eyes to see what, what he sees. So think, think about what roadblocks have kept you from being able to step out on the mission that God has for you, especially in this coming year, this next year, okay? We got, we got knocked around a little bit in 2020, but we're not destroyed, right? We have a mission. God has given us an assignment. What are the distractions? What are some of the distractions? As I go through, I'm going to go through seven of them. When we go, as I go through the distractions, I want you to think about, is this something that you've experienced in the past year? And if you haven't, fantastic, but write it down. Because it may be an, uh, one, of, one of the things the enemy tries to keep you from. And, and the reason why I want, to I want to share distractions, not to focus on them, because there's a solution to every, dis every distraction that I'm going to bring up. But just so you can become aware of what the enemy schemes are, my husband and I um, have had multiple, we've had multiple assignments of heaven. And, um, and one, at one point in our marriage, I knew what these, that we were called to marriage ministry. And my husband was going to school. Um, and I, and I, and it's like I knew that the, there was this calling on us to bring, to help the men, the brokenhearted in marriages. And it was like, as soon as I came to that understanding, the enemy just swooped right in and, and tried to destroy our marriage from the inside out. And what's, what's great about it, I mean, none of that process was great. Let me tell you, there wasn't a night that I didn't sleep, that I slept well. Um, but what was, what was fantastic about it was that just because the enemy thought he was going to take us out and take out our mission didn't mean that the mission wasn't still intact. The Lord was just going to use every bit of what, what we had to learn in that process to, to be able to truly have a good, deep understanding of the people that he was bringing so that when they do call us, that we're going to know exactly what it is that we to say to them, to pray for them, and to truly love them. Um, so if, you're, if you know that you have a mission and that the enemy has been putting roadblocks and have tried to keep, just be aware of what the roadblocks are so that you can, you can um, counter, counteract it and use the weapons of your warfare to bring down the strongholds so that then you can continue um, walking out this this journey with the Lord. So the first one is, the first one is, is rejection. Rejection is a huge roadblock. Rejection is one of the things that, that just about anyone, 
anyone in ministry will experience rejection. Now, if you're, if you're not healthy, like you grew up with a lot of rejection, that's, that's going to be one of the first things Jesus wants to work on in your heart. Because just like Paul, uh, we'll have people who will never like us. And no matter what we do, they're not going to like us. And the enemy loves to use rejection to stop you from being able to step up and to step out in confidence. See, rejection, it likes to zero in on your confidence. You won't step up or step out because you're afraid of what people are going to think. You're constantly worrying about if something you said, about something you've said and you'll go over it and over the conversation. You'll stay up at night anxious, worried about something you may or may not have said to someone or, or something you did. And there's all this, all of this anxiety about um, how people are viewing you. That's a people, it's kind of a people pleasing what the root is rejection. But we need to press on and we need to press forward, focusing on the promise and the mission and the assignment commissioned to us by our Heavenly Father. The more identity that you have in him, the less of you there is. And that's exactly where rejection is lost. Because your identity is hidden and secured in Christ. Let, let people fall off. If, you, if, if, uh, if they're not for you... <laughs> Let them fall off. It's okay. People will get you stuck. But Jesus wants you to focus on him, and he wants you free of the ties that bind you to the people. See, Jesus is for you. You're going to have people that will be for you, but they're also human, and they will not be able to love you like Jesus. When, when God sets out a mission for you, when he's given you an assignment or a commission, he did not say bring cousin and all your family. Actually, he said the opposite to the disciples. He said, leave them behind and, co- and, and march forward. Not that you have to um, sever relationships with people, but they're, they're, people cannot sit on the throne of your heart. And so what God will do when you, he's working on rejection and when you're pulling that out, you're no longer going to have people on the, on the throne of your heart. They will no longer rule your emotions. They'll no longer be able to control your decisions because you will be focused on the author and the finisher, the one who loves you, your beloved. You will have, he will he will work on this intimacy with you. Um, Jesus is not harsh. He understands where rejection is rooted from, and when he goes to pull that baby out, it's he's going to be right there every step of the way, and he's going to love you, and you're going to be closer to the him than you've ever been before. And all of a sudden, nobody's opinion matters. Nobody's Nobody, what anybody says, it doesn't matter. Nobody, like, they can, they can, they can, your family can act a muck, and it won't even bother you because you will be so close to 
to your, to your Jesus, then it won't matter. The second thing is um, betrayal. Betrayal, um, trials, temptation, and testing. Um, James, James 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider all joy when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. <clears throat> I, I think that what's important to understand about betrayal is that, again, anyone who's in ministry is going to experience it. Actually, anyone in leadership. I just went through a whole year with my former boss now because she was betrayed by two of the closest people she thought were close, close to her. And, um, and it's like, I did, I wasn't even surprised. I was like, well, you're a leader. <laughs> like Jesus was betrayed by Judas and he still let you, uh, he still shared a meal with Judas. He still loved Judas. He wasn't besties probably, but he loved him. And and he and he he died for him, right? He, I'm sure Jesus wished Judas would have just cried out, just cried out with repentance. Betrayal is rooted. Um, <coughs> excuse me. At the heart of Betrayal is manipulation, control, jealousy, and ultimately the need for personal elevation. The key is to love unconditionally with boundaries and wisdom. Basically, you can love from a distance. (laughs) Forgiving... um, is is really key because when we hold a sense in our heart towards other people because of how they've hurt us, then it's like a it's like a magnet for the enemy and all those little buddies to come and mess with you. When we have a sense in our heart, we have to let that sense go. People betray for a lot of many different reasons, mostly because they feel small, and it's like it's it's in the same vein as bullying. You know, it's it's like they don't want you to be elevated because they are so insecure that they they that they they feel like that they have to be you know have the attention even if it's negative. And so, um, and maybe they've never had anyone in their life to show them what loyalty is um, <clears throat> or how to pray someone through. But regardless. Just about every leader I've ever known has had people in their life that have betrayed them. And it's just really important, you know, for us to understand that 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 can come. That can be a roadblock. It can get you so stuck when somebody hurts you to the core of your being that it's so raw and sore inside because it's usually people we're close to. Jesus was close to Judas. He was close to every one of his disciples. He, He, I'm sure... Some of those tears that he shed were because of the Judases in his life. But he had a joy set out before him. 
right? The joy was knowing that as he focuses on the mission ahead, that he is going to bring salvation, and that salvation is going to be for everyone. The third thing um, that can be a roadblock is loss. Loss can get us so stuck. Loss, depression, hurt, wounds, all of those things can get us kind of um, stuck and and yet we we know that the enemy will he will bathe you and hurt. But if we have our mission ahead of us, we understand that we have to move past the loss. Not that that we can't feel it, but like even if you have a wound, you're going to feel it. But you're going to have to let Jesus heal it right, the only way you're going to be able to move forward in your mission is to not allow the, the hurt, the pain, and the wounds to keep you stuck. Because here's the thing, when you live in those wounds and that pain for so long, they become a part of your identity. And then it's like if you were to get healed of it, then it's, it's like you'd, you would almost want to recreate another wound because that's where your comfort zone is. It, it sounds a little odd, but Dwayne and I worked with um, at-risk youth and and different therapeutic, um, you know, what? Like settings. Settings, different therapeutic settings. And we would always see that, like, a, a child or a, even a young adult would come very close to their healing, right? They'd be working it out in therapy, and they'd come very close to their healing. And it's like, as soon as you could see that that breakthrough was happening, the light bulb was coming on, they were letting Jesus shine all over in their heart, and then all of a sudden they would close up and they would just, and they would just um, like, sit in their wounds. And we'd be, like, pulling our hair out, like, Lord, what the heck? That's the only, that's the only comfort they've ever known. They don't understand the true freedom of Christ. Some people have lived so long in their wounds that they have allowed them to be their identity and they are missing out on the journey to see kingdom miracles flow through them. Jesus took on the wounds, but he didn't stay in them. Jesus didn't get, you know, whipped with a cat of nine tails and then decided to sit in that. No. He rose above it. He resurrected from it. And... He allowed the scars to be there because they're not because he was sitting in them, but because he wanted a reminder for everyone to see what he's overcome. If Jesus can overcome death, wounds, betrayal, rejection, his resurrection life can get you past it. He can can resurrect you from the inside out. See, the enemy wants to, to, to make us think that we're defeated, that we can't stand up, we can't rise up, we can't, we can't resurrect us. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, because Jesus was focused on his mission, we have to put our eyes on the author and the finisher who's going to resurrect up through us. Look, it's not complicated. You don't have to figure out how you're going to heal. You simply have to look at Jesus. 
and he will do the work for you. The fourth one is doubt and mistrust. A lot of this, a lot of times this will roll in when the mission ahead requires a faith move. The enemy binds us from, binds us up with doubt and makes us forget about the faithfulness God has already displayed in our lives. What do we do? We just need to recount his faithfulness. And it says he overcame them by the the word of his testimony. Um, I've also experienced this doubt and mistrust when Jesus began to dismantle me. <laughs> he dismantled me from myself. I was controlling of my own life because I was afraid of how it would turn out. So I would just make my own plans. And I didn't look to God to, to, to make the plans for me. And, and so then God just did this when he, be, when he started working on me and my healing. He just dismantled me. I was no good to no one. I was like, he completely stripped me of all my duties. I, I, didn't, I would wake up. I wouldn't even know, like, what to do first. I was one of the most organized people you could possibly think of. I had a schedule. I had, I had things that I had to get done. I had plans for myself and everybody in my circle. And the Lord just, he just plopped me down for an entire year and a half in my prayer closet and completely dismantled me. And I was like, can I even work anymore? Like, could I get a job? Because I don't even know, uh, because I just knew at that point that the Lord was, he was, un, he was unraveling a, a mission for me and it, it didn't, and he wasn't showing me the blueprint. <laughs> and he's like, it's not how it works, sister. You have to walk by faith, which means you do, I, I tell you what step to take and you take it and you have to trust me. And man, did my doubt roll in and mistrust because I never, I never put my trust in anything else but myself. And so God wants to unravel you. And, 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 that's, and doubt and mistrust, if we allow it to set, will keep us from being able to move forward on the mission. And so it just, it just makes more sense, guys, to, to let yourself uh, just, just let them do the work. You know, the more you, the more you resist, the harder it gets. So, so just submit, just submit to his plans. They're better anyways. They're full of adventure. Um, and then I look back now and I'll share a little testimony later, but he just, he provides and he supplies and he takes care of everything. We don't have anything to worry about. Um, the fifth one is we allow circumstances to cloud our eyesight and our vision. The enemy will create chaos to keep you from focusing um, on Jesus. The more of the commission and the commission, the more um, we have to focus and fix our eyes on Jesus. And he'll keep you in his perfect peace in the eye of that storm. The, lo- the enemy will try to cause all kinds of chaos. You'll be like, what the heck is happening? One thing after another is happening. Why is it happening with the enemy? Doesn't like you being focused on your mission. 
and and there's literally nothing um, required of you except for you to to get so close to Jesus that you literally are sitting in the eye of the storm and that perfect peace, no matter what's happening around you and whatever is happening doesn't affect you because you're in his perfect peace. And then the sixth, the sixth uh, roadblock distraction can be sickness and finances. And you start to hear yourself say, well, I can't. And I, and I don't have, and I wish I, I wish I had enough to do this. And and all of that is like the enemy wants to come um, <clears throat> squeeze every bit of life out of you to keep you, and then par- he wants you. To, he, his 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 uh, tactic is to get you to partner with that, so that you can no longer um, hear what Jesus is saying about your financial situation or your sickness or the the people in your family. Um, but you are focused on all of the the things that the enemy is throwing at you, and not focused on what God is saying about it. It's just like this whole COVID that I was just sharing with you about. I could be focused on the fact that I, I can't breathe. I, I'm, you know, the fatigue is terrible. I, I can think about all of that stuff the past two weeks. Or I could give every breath that I have to praise the Father. Right? I, can, I, I don't have to focus on the things that the enemy throws at me. I focus on what my Heavenly Father is saying about it. What is my Heavenly Father saying about this right now? Because my, my Heavenly Father is good. And he's nursing me to hell, and he loves me, and he has a mission before me. And if, if the enemy's trying to take, take me and my family out, then obviously there's something that we have to move past, and we're not going to get stuck, and we're not going to believe the lies of the enemy. We're going to believe that God has a, a, a purpose for why he has our butts sitting at home for two weeks. God has a purpose in everything. What we, what we choose to see is what is going to manifest itself. So we have to be very careful with what we allow our eyes to see, right? It's not, not any different than, than, than what you decide to see on TV or what you decide to listen to on the radio. What you take in is what is going to come out. And then you start saying things, right? I'd rather be declaring the goodness of God. And knowing that he is perfect and he has plans, right? That is, that is part of the mission, you know, not to get focused on the things that, that the enemy wants us to, to focus on. The seventh one is um, we tend to put God in a box and then we forget what he looks like. Our God is big, but we put him in so many boxes. It's simple. It's a confining thought because we either haven't experienced the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or we forgot just how big he actually is. Our problems areas are nothing compared to what God can do. The Lord has so many revelations in his word for breakthrough. When you think about everything, when you read the word of God, I mean, the enemy, what the enemy's been doing, what he does in our lives is so different. You read the word, he's been doing it for, for centuries. He's got like a, a pretty clear plan. He, he just, <laughs> he has his little minions go out and follow through with the same plans that he always has. And that is to kill, steal, and destroy and to keep us to be, um, from being able to focus on the, on the goodness of God. 
it's the same formula. It's, it's, it's just that he's going to try and keep us from being able to use our weapons. <clears throat> he's going to try and keep us from being able to put the armor of God on. He's going he's gonna to distract your prayer life. He wants to distract your sight and your vision, your prophetic vision. Um, but, there, but these roadblocks, these distractions, they don't have to stand in our way. Because when, because when we join with Jesus, he is the way maker. He goes before you. He's behind you. He's around you. Psalms 139.5 says, I look behind me, and there you are. Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. So here's just a few pointers as to what you can do. One, acknowledge the distractions, counteract them. You have to know what your mission is. If you haven't really heard what God's assignment is for you, take time out of your day today and ask him. He's, He's... created you to fulfill a purpose here on earth. You have, you're jam-packed full of spiritual gifts. Um, he's equipping you, and, um, and he has a mission for you. Ask him what the mission is. And if you're not sure, read the book of John. <laughs> read, the, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because your mission is, is pretty similar to those of the disciples and the people that God has used in the, in the word to heal the, the sick and to raise the dead and to preach and to teach and to evangelize and to, po- to apostolize. These are all of the things that he's calling us to do, but there's something very specific and unique um, to you because you are unique and, and, and specific. He created you that way. Once you figure out what your mission is, you need to pray circles around it. Uh, we cannot do anything, guys. I'm sure that Paul, Paul's planting 14 churches required prayer. It required prayer groups. It, re- it required having people in your corner holding, holding you accountable, holding Paul accountable. Um, if you don't have a focus group, a focus prayer group, get in your church's prayer um, group. One of the hardest things for churches is to get a good group of people that are faithful to, to pray. I guarantee that the enemy, that's a distraction. The enemy tries to distract you from going to, to a fellowship of people that pray. Get in a prayer group. It's so important. They will hold you accountable. They will support, encourage, and love you. <clears throat> the other one is, is you need to stay in true joy. I just put a little side note. Demons really hate belly laughs. You know those kind of laughs that come up from the belly and you can't help it? They hate it. Like you, if, you, if you crack a, a, a fun joke, you know, or you just get weird. I, I, I crack those corniest jokes. But it makes me laugh. And then if I laugh, sometimes people just laugh at my laugh instead of they don't really get the joke, but they're just laughing at me. I'm telling you, joy is like a weapon. It's like one of the big ones. You know, you've got your prayer, that's a good, that's a weapon. You've got your worship, that's a weapon. And I, I'm pretty darn sure the next close thing is joy. And, and don't, don't think for one second that Jesus didn't j- crack jokes. 
he, he, he might have been corny like mine. I don't know. But, the, but he loved joy, and demons hate joy. And, and, and when the despair comes in, when the discouragement comes in, and you partner with joy, it just, like, washes away. And it's split second. They just, like, it's like the demons just, like, run for the hills. They hate joy. Stay in the joy. Then you need to praise the Lord in every circumstance. We went over this a little bit. Uh, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise is also a weapon. Ask the Lord to goal it out for you. Say, Lord, <clears throat> in order for me to be able to focus on the mission, I need you to help me understand what my goals are. What is it that you want me to be equipped with? What do I need to learn more of? What, you know, what is it that you want me to do to be in preparation? What is it that you want me to do to um, hit the target. Then ask the Lord for divine wisdom on the thing that he wants you to focus on. You know, if he gives you that mission, that commission, that assignment, Lord, what is it that, what is it that you need me to know? Give me the wisdom to, 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 to be able to complete this mission. This, and then pray without ceasing. Prayer is one of the most, most important tools in your, in your tool, tool belt. And then you ever notice that if you have been on the computer for hours and you've, you, you've overworked your eyes, they get blurry. If you're having a hard time seeing what your mission is, you need to rest. The, rest, the word rest is actually in the word restoration, right? He wants to nurse your eyes back to health. <clears throat> One of the biggest distractions the enemy does is try to keep you busy so that you can't um, hear from the Lord you can't see what the Lord wants you to see, and everything becomes confusing and blurry, and you're like, I don't understand what my mission is, and I don't know what God wants for me. And, and you start asking questions because it's time for you to sit your butt down and to, and to rest. It doesn't mean you're not doing things, but it means you're beginning to learn how to rest even in the midst of doing things. And then focusing on the truth. The enemy is going to bring in lies through the entire process of focusing. And you have to, to focus on truth. You have to bind that baby around um, your midsection, just like the, the, the um, armor of God. And you have to know that, that um, you have to basically discern everything that comes in through your ears and your eyes, through people. Even sometimes even through a through a word that somebody gives you, you have to discern it, and um, and, I, and I'm not going to get into prophecy, but I will say that there have been times when we've received words and they didn't resonate. It's okay. Look, people are practicing their their gifting. Any word that is life giving can be applied, but anything that is not life giving, throw out. That's just a side note. Um, so you have to discern it. But the, the, the coolest part, I think, when I, when I began learning about my gift of, of the prophetic is um, I can have grace. I don't have to receive everything that somebody is saying, um, but I can tell them the parts that, that did resonate and the things that didn't resonate so that they can continue to, to take it to the Father and, and um, their gift is then sharpened. Just, just a side note there. Anyways, um, <clears throat> so... That that wraps up our that wraps up this lesson. Um, we're, I'm just going to have Dwayne pray over this. Um, 
to to wrap it up, and then we're going to see who else is on the line, and so they could say hello. And then, um, <clears throat> and then if you would like to stay around for some ministry time, we would love to to hear from you. I'm going to pass that to Dwayne now for. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word that was spoken, uh, that was delivered. Thank you uh, for the blessing of your word and the fullness of it. Thank you for your voice through your daughter. Uh, Thank you for um, teaching on on focus and staying focused upon you and the mission at hand. Um, Thank you for uh, just the way of of your... uh, your son Paul and Peter and other disciples and so forth, Lord God, as, um, our forefathers, what they had to focus upon for the mission at hand and, and um, the ways in which, Lord God, to stay, uh, stay focused and faithful to you in the midst of all adversity. Uh, thank you for uh, game plan and resources and, and the way. Uh, I pray that every uh, what was spoken, Lord God, would only be multiplied upon. I pray for those um, that that needed to hear, and, and um, uh, that Lord, what was needed was 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 taken in, um, was seeded, and I pray, Lord God, for just the watering of it and the continued growth in all of us and what we heard. Um, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And uh, <laughs> anyone that wasn't able to say hello earlier or would like to say hello now, uh, go ahead. Hello, hi, good morning, good morning. This is Mama, Mommy, Mama, and I want to say good morning. Hi. Morning, Mona. Morning. Good morning, Good morning. Good morning, it's Krishanda. Hi, Krishanda. Good morning. I don't know if I said good morning, uh, Chantal. Good morning, Chantal. Good morning, it's Andrew. Hey, Andrew, good to hear you. Likewise. Good morning, morning, Gloria. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Gloria. Good morning, Kev. Great to hear you. Good morning. It's Dee Dee. I just wanted to officially say good morning to that amazing um, couple. I love y'all hard. Just know that. <laughs> we love you. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. It's Moni, and I love you guys, too, just like she does. Oh. Um, Morning, Mama, Mama Moni. Good morning, Brother Dwayne, uh, Dwayne, and also Sister Sarah. Thank you for staying focused. I know you were, you made it, you pushed through. I'm so excited. Happy holidays to you all as you all are back on the mend and you're up and pushing it again. Thank you so much for your uh, words to stay focused. It uh, definitely uh, let us know that there's times where we do have to rest. And I thank God Mm -hmm. that this time has been, this has been uh, really a a critical uh, six months for the uh, men and women of God. 
I won't say the saints, but the men and women of God, the people of God, they have uh, really stayed uh, diligent and, and sober during this time, not to thank. So thank you for pushing yourselves through, and we'll continue to pray your total, uh, you know, rejuvenation back. It's just sometimes God had to shut us down in order to, you know, get our attention. But thank you for staying focused, Sister Sarah, on this morning. Missed you on the call a couple of uh, months ago, but... Yeah, it's it's you've been really missed. God bless you. Thank you. Mm. This is Geraldine. Thank you so much, Geraldine. Merry Christmas to you as well. Hey, so um, we definitely receive a prayer. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. It's not what I was gonna say. A lot. Just wanted to say. Um, how admirable it is for you two to just, um, with everything that you're going through and fighting this God-forsaken virus and still just show up and show out. And it just really pulled my heart. And I was sharing with Monique because, you know, just losing my bonus dad a couple of days ago. And I woke up this morning, I was like, I'm not getting on the call. I promise you. I was like, I'm not getting on the call. I'm just staying in bed and cry. That's what I wanted to do, right? But I dialed in, and I'm so glad that I did, and not having a script, I'm not saying that, because sometimes you just got to flow anyway, you know, that's what um, the Holy Spirit was saying, just just, just say something, because I was going to be like everybody else, and just let it be what it be, and then when Sarah started talking about focusing, and the message this morning was just like confirmation, because I couldn't sleep last night, so I started kind of, you know, going through my studies, and thinking about stuff to share for next for January for a Friday Night Live and prayer. Mm-hmm. The subject of prayer hit me. So when she went there, I was like, oh, wow, I love when that happens because I come from such an amazing church that teaches. We have classes and um, intercessory prayer and all the different classes that we take. And so as believers, especially now, you really do need to understand prayer like never before. Because there, you know what I mean? You, you need to understand what prayer is, mm-hmm. how to pray. Mm-hmm. You need to know what amen means, right? You need, I mean, it's so much to prayer. And so I'm just grateful. And she talked about the weapons, even like prayer being the most powerful weapon that God has given us and really knowing how to go and how, you know what I mean? It's so much to it. So I was I was getting excited on the phone, and then I started laughing when she said, when you give a big old belly laugh, the demon's hated. I, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I'm just like, because as, as much as I want to be hurting and sad because I'm going to miss my pops, it's like three hits, and I I, I have to turn that joy, you know, because like yesterday when my mother was over here, although she's trying to be strong, I see it in her eyes. But I'm trying to keep yeah. that, you know, I'm trying not to because we're, we're all, you know, I see people talking about we can't get together with families. The blessing is that you still have life and you still have the gift. And so when mm-hmm. Sarah said that, that joy part and how, it just gave me another breath of air. I hope that makes sense. And even with the breathing, oh, my God, I knew it was one more thing. When she said that, because one of my nephews had, had COVID before, and he said it felt like some little midgets was on his chest, and it was hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. But the same thing, when you start to pray, 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 and then he'll give you that, and he'll release some of that pressure. So it's just been an amazing morning, and I'm so grateful and so thankful that you guys are on the men. I am praying for all of just the recovery part of it. And also, I just thank you again for that, because I'm so lit right now. I'm about to make all kind of belly laughs so that the um, demons mm-hmm. and old raggedy devil will be upset. Love you guys so much. 
Thank you so much. And um, I'm grateful that you actually did tune in. And your, uh, our condolences to you that we, I'm grateful that you tuned in um, to receive. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, this is um hi. Um they they have uh, well Tanya has given us um I would say ordained names and this is Restorated Restored Rochelle. And when Sarah began to talk about um the rest and the restoration, it just became so clear. And I understand, and I, of course, I mean, I, it just, you know, God gives us a little nudge and a judge sometimes just to remind us as to why and who he is. Um, and the the seven roadblocks um, to distractions was such a good pairing. It was just, um, you know, broken down so wonderfully. I totally thank you for getting up on the day after Christmas to break that down and make it so plain. So I thank you guys. You guys are just um, the dynamic duo that um, always comes with a pow and it, it drops and it explodes and it's so um, easy to understand and so easy to apply. So I thank you guys for your word today. I'm like, Didi, I wasn't going to get up, but thank you, Lord for be being diligent and, um, you know, getting on the call. Like, you know, you, we don't have any excuses. If we're going to declare victory every day, we're going to declare victory every day. And that's, this is part of it. So thank you guys for your declaration. Amen. Hi, it's I Shonda. just want to say, oh, hi, Kashanda. <laughs> uh, you want to go ahead and respond? I can wait. I was just going to say that, if if there's people here that need an impartation of joy, um, I'm I just wanna I just felt like the Lord was saying um that He's gonna He wants to give you permission. He just wants to give you permission to be in the joy. That you can let go of the 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 restrictions that enemy's been saying, you know, or telling you. Just just let Jesus crack some jokes in your ear because that is him. Um, it is okay to mourn and it's okay to grieve. And it's also okay to partner with joy. Okay. That's it. Go ahead. Krishanda. <laughs> Good morning again. And uh, praise God, praise God, praise God for you guys healing, um, for your press. Uh, thank you for a wonderful declaration. Right before we all started trying to speak, um, and you just said what you said, um, I was reading what I wanted to um, respond to that you um, that you said, um, and it was is pain your uh, is pain or your wounds your comfort? And when I was looking at the word, oh, thank you, God, I could see myself almost sitting next to the pain or the wounds and getting up from it. Like it stayed or laid on the, stayed on the ground or stayed next, or it was sitting next to me or something, but I felt like I rose up from it, um, which just brought me just a smile and tears at the same time because I remember walking around um, and it seemed like I would say something positive, but 
I would still use language to sound like I was still hanging on to the, the, the pain, like it was my identity. Um, and so I just wanted to say that. Um, also, um, you said something about, uh, oh, and I think you knew this was coming. I think you almost had, like, you saw this before with me um, when you were talking about when you went through the dismantling. Um, I feel like God took me or take, uh, uh, I feel like I'm on the kind of maybe the tail end of a major dismantling. But um, uh, that whole unraveling, uh, one of the things I was thinking about when you were saying that's like, how do you know when you feel like you're coming out of it that you're not putting yourself in a situation that's not of him because you're still waiting for him to give you the blueprint. Um, sometimes I question, I feel like I'm on the right track, but um, if I'm getting ahead of him, cause I don't want to be ahead. I want to be right. Um, I want to be with them. And then I also want to say about three weeks ago, I was praying for you guys and <laughs> I saw you, uh, Sarah, um, as a peak unicorn. God bless you guys. I'm going on mute. I love unicorns. They're so fun. Um, <clears throat> the dismantling is, I think the, the plain fact that you're asking the Lord and, and having a comment, like you're, you're, you're having this conversation with him and you're saying, you know, I don't want to be ahead of you, Lord. And, and I guess, you know, type A personalities, that's, <laughs> That's and, and prophetic people um, have a tendency to always be seeing. We see the future, we see ahead, and we plan for it. And I think what happened to me in the dismantling is that's when I actually discovered my prophetic gifting, which is which is interesting because you can see you can see so far ahead, and then you have to draw it back and ask the Lord. It's like He gives you the vision but he doesn't give you the steps to the vision. Um, he says, um, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. So as you dig in the word, then he unfolds your next step and then the next one. But it's <clears throat> back in the olden days when they would, they would carry a lamp with them. Um, and they, it would literally only light up like the next couple of steps as they were walking. So it's like you almost, it's like you're walking in the dark, but you have this light that will show you like your next step or two. And so and just also I see a, that I'm, a lot too. I see say, like say I'll have I see that just sometimes in my dreams, like I'll just see the path, but just right in front of me, like, <laughs> what? what is this? Oh, it, it doesn't make any sense to those of us that like plans. <laughs> That's the faith journey. It doesn't make any sense, but we know, that if it's God, that it's, it's good. And being in that, it's, it's, it's just a development season and growth and just a security in your Papa because he's mm-hmm. just securing him, you to him. Like um, he says, I was reading this verse today where he, <clears throat> he binds you, around, like he hems you in on all sides. Like he's, mm-hmm. the, one, he's the one covering all, all, all of you. And, you know, back in, back in the olden days, they used to hem the women in, right? Because they didn't want, like, the man could come visit her before the wedding day, but he, he wasn't going to get with her because he, she was all hemmed in. Like, they would literally, like, sew the sheet to the bed 
all around mm. her to protect to, to protect her from from losing her virginity. And the Lord is just saying that verse is like I I I'm hemmed around you, like I'm protecting you. And so even though it's a faith walk in the dark, and you only know the first the next couple of steps. He's, he's all around. He's got you. And it's a, it's a completely different journey. I, 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 um, not everybody, not everybody experiences it. I think it's, I think it's definitely for people that are pioneering a faith walk for their generation, their legacy. Um, just like the, just like Sarah in the Bible, you know, um, she was, she was mentioned in Hebrews because of her faith. So um, that's what he's doing. He's just developing this incredible faith when he when he dismantles your plans for his. Wow. Well, I uh, I want to go and study that hemming um, hemming the the women, and I think that that just really spoke to me. Um, so thank you, and again, God bless you. <clears throat> so glad that you guys are feeling better. Um, uh, yeah, and I was almost, I almost didn't want to say that part about the pink unicorn when you said people say things and it might not be right or whatever, but I just felt like I should just say it out loud. And I saw pink, I was, and, and the interesting was the timing of it. I was just praying and, and yeah, anyway, pink unicorn. God bless you guys. Love you. This is Andrew. I just wanted to piggyback on uh, to what the sister said about uh, the lamp uh, lighting just the next few steps, but no further. Uh, when, when, my, uh, when my son was younger, we were living in the same town as my parents. And in fact, my house was on the opposite side of the block as my parents. And to get from their house to my house, there was a shortcut through their backyard and the neighbor's backyard adjacent because their property had uh, like a long drive that extended to the next side of the block and the block was elevated. So my parents' house was uphill from mine. So when we'd be leaving my parents' house and going back to mine, uh, oftentimes it was dark because they watched my, my son while I was at work. And Pittsburgh was about a, about a two-hour drive with traffic from where we were living. Point is, when I would be walking home with him, uh, my eyes knew where I was going. Because I had walked, you know, I, I knew where, you know, the little dips and and uh, valleys in the lawn would be, you know, no problem. He was only three years old. He didn't know where these were. He couldn't see in the dark like I could because I knew what to look for. But I had, I had him by the hand. And when his little feet would be walking and where he expected to find ground on the next step, there was no ground. And his foot was just like in the air getting ready to go further down onto, you know, who knows what. He didn't panic. He didn't cry out. He didn't get scared. He gripped my hand tighter. And when he gripped my hand tighter, he felt that, you know, his dad's hand 
was not letting go. And as long as he had my hand, he was fine. And we would just merrily walk. Some We'd be singing sometimes, playing, talking. And, you know, his voice never wavered. He just knew that, you know, when he wasn't sure of his footing, he would just grip my hand because his daddy wouldn't let him fall. And when you were talking about being rejected and the pain that that has when your uh, your calling is to reach out either through teaching, by example, uh, fellowship, uh, mentoring, uh, another group, or just learning at the feet of someone else for this particular season in your life, and they don't want you, they don't want to hear you, they would rather be anywhere but where you are right now because you chafe them, <clears throat> that hurts. Especially when you know that you have to go back and see them again. And until God says otherwise, this is where you are. This is your space. And you have to occupy until you get other orders. You know, that's stifling. And a lot of times it first affects your prayer life. You don't pray as diligently or as long as you need to. You don't, you're not quick to reach out to God because you know you have that waiting on you and you know he's not taking it from you. And you're just, you know, sometimes you just need a break from it all in your mind. And that's a tool of the enemy. And when you have to deal with other hurt, loneliness, uh, failure, and you're back in that arena where you failed before, or you think you did. And, you know, but the, the, but the, the crop isn't ready to be uh, harvested yet. You just see the failure. You don't see the germination and the pollination going on and the season for the fruit to be developed. You're not there yet, but you're just focusing on the now, not in the hereafter now. Uh, I would remember uh, that little lesson of, you know, walking back home with my son who trusted me. He had enough faith in me to know that even though he didn't know where he was going, as long as he was traveling with me, he was safe no matter what. And like I said, that was, uh, that was, you know, a few years ago, but I still get strength from remembering that if I hold on to my heavenly father's hand, nothing else matters because he won't let anything harm me while I'm in his hand. So thank you for your lesson this morning. Going back on mute. That's Amen. That is an excellent analogy right there. Thank you. Good, Good morning. morning. This is, I'll go after you, sister. Okay, thank you. Good morning. Happy Saturday. This is um, Melinda. And um, I just want to thank you and your wife, Sister Sarah, for this declaration this morning. Um, it was um, what I've been going through all my life, this, this declaration of roadblocks. Um, it was clarification this week um, when my ex-husband passed away um, on Tuesday, um, 
from COVID. He was in a coma for three weeks before he passed. And we met at a very young age, at 21. And it was a pure relationship because we were both like still just big kids. Um, I was born, um, he um, taught me how to read the Bible at 24 years old. When a sister called me to tell me because I'm in um, Sacramento, I've been here four years, and they're in Seattle, that he passed. I didn't know he was in the hospital. My son didn't tell me. His father was in the hospital. And they have a, um, the relationship with my son and his father has been very unhealthy for years. You know, they would be friends for one minute and then it's back just chaotic. And my son took it really hard because I was trying to get him to reconcile their relationship when I was in Seattle in September. So um, my granddaughter was born December 6th and she just turned a year. And I asked my son if he's seen a baby yet. And he said he asked him to come see her, but he denied it. He rejected it, her. And, um, Yesterday, um, I was feeling kind of lonely because my mother here in Sacramento went to a friend's house, and the Lord has been getting me in a place where he just wants me to be still, focus on him, not any um, failures because I have to constantly pray in my mind about negativity that I go through with my sisters because I'm the youngest out of five sisters, and um, I was always the peculiar child. And in 1975, we were stationed in Athens, Greece, and I would never want to go anywhere because I have a generation of alcoholics in my family. My grandmother, my grandfather, and my mother's, my father's mother were alcoholics. And um, my dad killed a Greek over in Athens, and um, we didn't have base housing, and we... Uh, I was always the child that wouldn't go anywhere on the weekends because of the the fights. And um, my dad was a functioning alcoholic, but on the weekends he would drink the whole weekend. And I was always the child up, pacing all night, trying to figure out when he's going to pull up. So when he got arrested, I was up pacing the house, and I looked outside, and the Greek police were all around the car. And he was sitting in the car, and I ran and told my mother. And um, the Greeks used to um, walk up this mountain every, like, every so other, like, I think it was the Sabbath or whatever. They, they I, I, I haven't really got to study a lot, but I'm learning. But the, I used to walk up the mountain with them, and I would be crying and weeping. And um, they would have their worry beads, and they would be doing their worry beads, and they would be praying. And I used to always just look at the Bible and figure out why is he so sad. Um, I didn't understand the Bible. I, I tried to read it as a little girl, but I couldn't understand it. And um, a lot of this declaration today just opened my eyes to why I've had having so much anxiety. Um, my sisters, um, just they, they hate me. Um, and I got saved in 2020 as an adult in Seattle, 
and it was so much I had to learn. And I, I used to always love to learn, read the Bible and sit there and try to manifest and get an understanding and wisdom. And now that I don't have the, my connection, like I should have my, um, support group like I did in Seattle it's like I'm all over the place out here in Sacramento but this declaration just gave me so much wisdom this morning it gave me so much insight I was laying down during um, your sister Sarah's declaration and the spirit had me to jump up and start taking notes and I just thank you for your declaration it just makes me want I just stands firm in God, what he's doing for me in my life, and just take heed to what the um, what God's trying to do for me in my life to this day. And I, de I definitely am going to get on the playback. I've never got on. I tried to get on the Facebook last night, and I was so overwhelmed and tired. But I'm definitely going to get on the playback today uh, so I can understand um, and get more wisdom about what God's doing for me. I'm sorry I took so long, but I just need to just express because um, I hold everything in. And I actually, God has started the process with my mom going through Alzheimer's. You know, lately, um, I just wanted to stay the weekend with her. And when she couldn't find anything, I was like, Mom, come on, let's pray. Let's pray and ask God where you left this or where you can't find this. And God's really moving. And I see the movement. He's already started the process even with me even stepping out on faith and going to get a counselor, you know. So I just thank you, um, sister and brother, um, sister Sarah and your husband. Every time you've spoken, I've always had, it's been a deep, deep, deep declaration. And I don't step out on faith and do what I need to do for myself. But I am just free this morning from everything that's had me bondage and bondage. And I just thank you, um, for God using you too in a mighty way. And I thank God for um, his healing of your bodies and keeping you in perfect peace during your, um, your, um, your um, health um, issues. And I, this is all from anxiety. I had an anxiety attack on last Friday in CBS and God is so good how he's just restoring me slowly back to uh, my um, thought process. So I thank you guys and keep me lifted in prayer. Thank you for sharing your story, Melinda. I I know that God has um, absolutely has a restoration plan for you and a healing journey for you as well. And I'm excited to see the mission that He has set before you, and um, and the, and the things that He's going to be doing in and through you. So we just thank you, Lord, for the the, the work that you've started. And we thank you, Lord, for the work that you're going to complete. And we thank you, Lord, that you're the finisher, Lord, of our faith. And we thank you, Lord, that you're in the business of heart work. And I just pray, Lord, that you continue to do the surgery that's needed on her heart so that she can be, <clears throat> so that she can be set on solid foundation. We thank you, Lord, for bringing people in her life. And we thank you, Lord, for the, the, the faith focus group that you're going to be bringing to her so that she can learn more about you, learn about your purposes for her, in Jesus' name. Was there, there, there was um, someone, else. someone else that popped in here, and I can't remember. It was Prosperous Pam. Good morning. Prosperous. Good morning. Hi, Sister Sarah and Brother Duane. <clears throat> Wonderful declaration. I am lifting you and your family up in prayer 
for a speedy recovery in the name of Jesus. Um, you guys are just powerhouses. I mean, just to be on this call with this COVID thing going on, like you guys, you're rocking. So thank you, Jesus, for that and just praying for your overall healing. Um, Sarah, you had said something earlier on in the um, declaration about it just kept staying on my mind. I kept getting the earth is my footstool. And I'm a visual person. And so when we were talking about how big you were saying how big God is and I have to, I mean, it just blows my mind a lot of times as just me, a human being walking this earth and seeing in the word of God and Melinda, that'll start helping too, as you like go into the word of God and just meditating on these things that are so, he's so high, he's so great that the earth is a footstool. So visualize a footstool and how small that is. And like, if you put your foot on it, that is this earth. And we serve a God that is this earth is just his footstool. He is that great. So I, I, I mean, I'm just breaking it down because it's just so deep to me and it's so beautiful just to get an idea of his magnificence that I just kept, that's what I kept getting through this whole time that we've been talking and the dialogue's been going on. And um, let's just not faint not and just continue to lean on God's word. And um, just again, thank you so much for your declaration. And I'm, I'm praying for you, Sister Melinda. I'm praying and agreeing um, with you that Jesus will get you through. Okay, amen. I'm going amen. on mute. Sarah, can you tell me, um, was it Psalms 139 and 40 or putting that on the box? Let's see. Psalms 139.5 is the one that says, I look behind me and you're there. But were you looking for the one about being hemmed in? Um, maybe so. It's when you reference uh, putting God in a box, number seven. Oh, putting God in a box. Let me see here. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So that was one Psalms 139.5. I looked behind me and you're there, then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. Okay, thank you. But I'll take the other one, too, that you were just um, thinking about. That one is, um, let me see here. It's actually the same thing. It's the same verse. It's just a different um, translation. You hem me in behind and before you've laid your hand upon me. Thank you. You're welcome. Sarah? Yes. This is me again. I wanted to, um, um, Rochelle's going to give me all the seven. Um, she's going to, she's taking notes for me <laughs> because and I'm in and out of these tears is falling. I know they're healthy, but you were, um, the prayer. I want to go back to that real quick because I really have been up reading about how we pray. And, you know, we are taught to pray about anything that, that hurts us and burdens us and to take it all to the Lord in prayer because he does say to cast the cares on him and he'll sustain us and, you know, all of that. But but what I'm learning is that, and, and, and you know, reading scripture and quoting scripture, that's wonderful. But we also have to take action. And so that's what I've been really trying to figure out, even in this season that I'm in, this grief season, that 
um, as hard as it hurts, as much as it hurts, I'm praying and I'm get, doing all the, you know, the, the, the uh, scriptures of comfort and even people consoling. That's all good, but it's it's like up to me, right? I don't want to stay in this place because it's so fresh and I do know what grief is like because I, I tell you I've lost so much in my 53 years, but in that place of prayer, like I really am t- tapping into prayer and it just really made me think about how we pray. Right. And 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 when we pray and what we're saying and just really understand about having faith. And, you know, it's so much to prayer that last night I I stayed up because I was like, okay, Lord, my stomach's hurting. And I know it's not anything that I ate. I know what it is, because when you know your body, you know, when the things of life happen, you know, some of us get headaches, some of us do whatever. But I'm like, I, I said, no, 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 I'm not going to do this. And, and again, I'm so grateful that I pushed because, it, it, listen, I pushed because I'm going through this. And then I get on the call and you two are talking about the call. I'm like, listen. So it, it just it just gives us, it's like we, how do I say it? It's like, thank you, Lord, because when I want to do this, you'll give me a, a good example. Like I can see it. If that makes any sense. So I hear my brother and my sister on the call fighting to even breathe. And you know what I mean? Grief is going to be what it is. And so I'm just grateful. But I also want to just thank you for that prayer um, reminder because it's really big. It's really bigger than I think a lot of us, even those that have been um, saved. Like people say, I've been in church all my life. Okay. Okay, but I'm just grateful again. I just wanted to tell you how appreciative I am for you guys just to push through. So I love you. Yeah, prayer <laughs> prayer is so is part of the mission. Like you're not not going to be able, be able to execute the mission unless you've doused it in prayer. In fact, actually a lot of our missions and our assignments are are have already been um trenched for us and prayers of the people before us. So when God gives you an assignment on a mission, it's also it's also to pray it through. I uh, I'm actually reading a really good book called The Circle Maker. Um, our pastors read it and then did a series on it. But then, you know, you know how you're like you're listening but you're not listening. That was me at the time. But then I went to like Goodwill and there it was sitting on the shelf for two dollars. And I just felt the Holy Spirit on it. And so it was his time for me to pick it up. And, and basically, um, it's testimonies about how um, people circled their dreams and prayer and their family salvation, they circled in prayer. Um, and, and ultimately about this particular, this particular guy in a village that the village hadn't had any rain and he drew a circle and he refused to leave the circle. He prayed in that circle until rain came. And so um, I'm like really on it, like, like a, a, I don't know, like, like cheese on Mac, you know, like I, I'm like, there's something about um, circling our, our um, what God has told us to, to or what our mission is in prayer. So if he's given you a dream, if he's given Dwayne and I a dream, you know, to, you know, one of our dreams is to have a marriage retreat, right? I'm going to circle that baby in prayer. If my daughter has a dream, you know, to have her own business, and I can see clearly that the enemy's been all about trying to keep her from being able to step into her promises, I'm going to circle that in prayer because, um, because it's, it's also about the commitment and the sacrifice of saying, look, 
I'm not moving off this thing until I, until it comes to pass because I know that the Lord has spoken to me about it and it's kind of come to pass. And he needs people to be, to be those, um, to be those pioneers. And, and it's not like, it's, it's, it's like, uh, the way I see it is, um, when he gives you a mission to focus on, right? It's not just for you, right? You're pioneering something in the spiritual realm that's going just like Paul and Silas, um, you know, all of the prison doors open. So it's not, it's not just that I'm pioneering a dream for myself or my children. It's I'm pioneering something in the land so that people can have access to the freedom that Jesus wants to bring in that land and the strongholds have to come down, but they don't come down unless you circle that in prayer. So definitely God has, is, is um, birthing this in you and giving you a new revelation of how important prayer is. And, and it's, it's incredible. I love it. It's going to be beautiful. It's Crystal again. Oh, go ahead. Um, I just I want to comment. <laughs> go ahead, please. No, no nobody wants to go first. <laughs> I'll which go one? Then. Which one I, says? Okay, go ahead. Uh, my, um, I just wanted to just kind of comment on what you started off with is Krishanda again, it's just let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Um, there's such freedom. There's such, um, you can just feel the change, um, even when you just say that phrase, right? That, that, what the word says, let everything that has breath, um, praise the Lord. And, um, that every day that we get the breath, even if we're sick and we know that God has given us another chance that he has us covered. I just wanted to just say that because when I just read it and when you just started off and then you told us where you guys were, it's just a, it's just a gift from God that we have breath. Glory to his name. Going on mute. Good morning, this is Trevina, the finisher. Um, thank you so much, Sarah and Dwayne, for your declaration, um, especially the seven road um, blocks. Um, I know my mission, it, it is to minister to the broken hearts and also for deliverance. Uh, I believe my focus goal right now is uh, I'm deliverance. So that's what I'm focusing on right now. Um, and I'm praying for you praying for you both, you guys, for your uh, speedy recovery. Uh, right now, I'm in um, quarantine. Um, my son-in-law and daughter has been diagnosed, um, has been tested positive for the COVID. Um, so, yes, um, thanks again. Uh, also, I've been so busy working, you know, working for the seniors, you know, taking care of the seniors. Uh, and I believe this right now, I guess it's, this is my resting time. It's just, you know, to seek God and to stay focused and to um, hear his voice and, and his guidance. So you all have a blessed and wonderful day. Love you both. Well, seniors are very dear to my heart. Um, <clears throat> I also work with seniors and um, 
and I and I had tested positive after um, one of them <laughs> got COVID. But the thing of it is, is that they're way more uh, sensitive to this bug. So I'm happy to be at home. I'm recovering, and I'm and I actually took an extra an extra time off just because I don't I don't want them to get any ounce of what I've got. Um, but you had mentioned that your mission is deliverance, so get ready. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, if you haven't already went through a, a ton of deliverance, you will. Um, and heart work and deliverance go hand in hand. Heart, heart work um, and ministry is, it's, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's a strengthening of the heart. And um, it's a beautiful experience to, to allow the Lord to work on our hearts so that we can be part of helping others work on their hearts. It's in deliverance. Um, it's not an easy journey, but it's, it's also a beautiful experience to see the Lord come to our deliverance. And, and then what he delivers you from is what he anoints you to do. So if he's delivered you from, let's say, a, a generational curse of poverty, and he's delivered you from that curse, then he's going to, to anoint you to break that off of other people. And same with anything else that he delivers you from, whether it be um, a generational curse of alcoholism or drug addiction or any of that stuff. But what's, what's fun, I guess you could say, is that the journey starts with the mission. So I, what I've learned in my experience and actually in the process of writing a book um, is he, he gives you the vision. He gives you the mission, right? Because without it, you're, you won't be able to, you won't have anything to look forward to, right? So Father God gave Jesus the vision and the mission. You're going to be the savior to the world, right? He gives you the vision and the mission, but then there's, there's all of the stuff that, that gets you, that gets you there. And um, the work, the work, which he labors, he co-labors with us. So it's not like a super hard work. It's just a simple um, surrendering and submission to the Holy Spirit. And then he, then he um, takes you through an intimacy journey um, where he, he, whatever we ever thought of about God gets totally thrown out the window. And then he begins to reveal himself, and encounters you in such a beautiful, intimate way so that you know him as he actually is. And then after the intimacy journey um, comes the heart work. And then after the heart work comes um, your purpose. But the Lord begins to start speaking even more deeply about your, gives you revelation even deeper about who you are as a son or a daughter of Christ. And then after that, then, then he starts working on generational um, curses. And then after that, it's just, and it just keeps going because it's a journey and it's a beautiful, beautiful journey, um, that he, of, that he takes you on and, um, and you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. So I bless you. I bless the, the process. I bless the calling. I bless the, the purpose, the mission, the vision, and I ask the Holy Spirit to just protect you and guard your heart and your mind and your spirit um, and give you eyes to see um, 
um, and to the dark places uh, and to the people's hearts and, and, um, and so that you can bring the light of Jesus. And so we thank you, Father God, that deliverance actually starts in the heart. You know, we, I learned that you don't have to cast demons out first. You can actually, demons will leave if you can reach the heart of a person with, with the power of Jesus. And he'll just cast them out for you. So I just thank you, Father God, for the process that you're doing. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Hello. Good morning. Good evening, you guys. Hey, good morning. Hi, Eric. This is uh, Maki Mona. Oh, wow. I just had to tap in, you guys. Just listening to everybody and how um, just the imagination of different things of how the vision God was just showing me when he was talking. And one of the things that keep on just popping off to me, you guys, is when, um, you know, just knowing the plan, you know, seeking him and knowing the plan so you can see the, 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 the path being lighting up as you take it. You know, right now, that's where I'm at, you know, going back and getting the update of knowing um, the plan of, of the path that he has me on because I definitely think, um, I ain't said I'm not on it, but it's, it's, definitely, um, it's definitely more than what I thought. You know, just like I said, everything about the declaration that we were talking about putting them in a the box, you know, I thought about that, like, wait a minute, that couldn't have been a box, you know. So, you know, getting them, just getting to a place of, of not doing that, you know, because, you know, the flesh does that, you know, to us of, of, and fear and, and or whatnot of failure, you know what I mean? All those things that have been attacking my mind right now um, from my business and um, my past minutes. You know what I'm saying? Part of me, you know, I understand that, you know, when you, if you don't quit, I, I totally get it. But I have to be honest. I want to quit. You know what I'm saying? But I know I cannot do that. So it's just, you know, keep me lifted up in that. But just hearing this declaration today and um, just wanted to just to let you guys know, which is beautiful and how it was, it was, it, it it lifted my imagination on how everything, like even when you say the world is a is a footstool, and putting that into imagination of picturing that, like this is nothing to him, you know. Don't put them, make them be so small. In 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 my mind, sometimes I can do that when I try to take control or um, trying to figure it out. You know, I, I gotta sometimes I gotta learn how not to do that and just take it to him and release myself in an imagination aware he's going to give me those visions and give me those um, um, admirations to see what he sees and what, you know, the path that he has for me. So it was just beautiful listening to everybody and hearing your definition. I always, I always love to hear you guys. I just want to say thank you and God bless you guys. Yeah, don't quit. <laughs> That's not from the, your Heavenly Father. That's from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times our pastor will say, <clears throat> when we came out, here to, came out here to help plant a church, and then let me tell you, the enemy has done everything to keep us from being able to meet. He's kept us from 
He's trying to keep us from lots of things. He's, he even stole some of our equipment, <laughs> you know, and discouragement is always right at the door. Um, and he'll say, what was the mission? What is the purpose? What is the vision? What did, and in fact, he made us record when we first were all called out here and we're full of faith. He made us record our, what our mission was, our purpose, our why, why. And I'm so glad he did that because I've, I played it back recently and I was like, wow, has the enemy really been working at trying to, to keep me from understanding what God called me to do out here in the first place? He, he, he will do that. But the mission is still the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And that is why we have to continue to move forward. Is there anyone else that wanted to that wanted to say anything before we pray out? Um, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say one more thing when you just said about the mission. And I do understand that the mission is to go to that. It is just easily always been screaming in my ear, always go to the highways and the byways and proclaim my word, the truth of my word, you know, compel people you know, to Jesus, and that always, always have been the passion, and, and he has been given me to, to do, you know, especially when it's just talking about when I'm out serving him amongst the homeless and amongst the people that I just feel him um, um, strengthening me and giving me, um, I can feel the Holy Spirit, period. I can just feel it's not me. You know, it's just so beautiful just being out there and doing that, that work. So I understand the mission, you know what I mean? So it's understand, you know, um, feed my people, feed my people. And, you know, understanding it all, give, I need him to give it, give me more, um, more of an understanding of, of the strategies of, of, of the mission. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm sorry. Did I just tap back in just to say that? I just realized that. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> No, that's perfectly fine. I love to hear what people are doing for Jesus. Good morning. This is Rita. Praise God. This is from Maxibona. Don't worry about your business, babe. Keep it. It's going to have to come because Malik was a leader. Everybody's against you right now because people was against Malik. But he drew people to him. So whatever people doing to you right now, you just keep praying because you know I got your back. You and your sister-in-law is doing a good work for her son and for the community. Y'all get out and y'all feed the homeless on Mondays. You don't have to do that. But God got y'all in a position for you to help other people. When I go out with y'all, sometimes it lifts my spirit because I be down. But you keep your head up, girl. I've known you a long time. Keep your head up. Oh, yeah. God got your back. Have a blessed day. Thank you.
Amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, pray us out. Thank you for joining us this morning and just feel like all of you have been at our table and just having conversation and it's just, it's beautiful to just hear what everybody's doing and um and the callings and the purpose and the mission that God has placed before you especially as we move into the new year I just want I just kind of feel in my spirit to just to just um to just speak into that um Lord we just thank you so much for equipping us for loving us father god to um loving us to health and not just even physically but spiritually emotionally mentally from our heads to the down to our feet father god you are faithful you are good you are um you are continually to reveal dimensions of you that that we haven't even begun to tap into, but yet, Lord, I know that in 2021, Father God, that you're going to have incredible encounters with each and every person. And Father God, I just pray, Father God, that you would, you would teach us, Lord, show us the areas in which we've been stuck, the areas, uh, the roadblocks that we've, that we've allowed to, to stand in our way, Father God. I pray, Father God, for each and every person with a mission here, that um that they would rise up father god from that roadblock and they would they would step over they would step through they would bust through father god lord so that they would be able to continue the mission that you've set before them father god i thank you lord that you haven't you haven't abandoned us you haven't neglected us father god lord that you have um determined our steps to the righteous um, the righteous ha or steps are ordered by the Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you order up our steps. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you, you've already sat down with our 2021 calendar and planner and you put in all the fun stuff first, Father God. And you put all the joys and the, and the connections and the, um, and the healing and the restoration and the deliverance and the heart work, Father God, because it's important and it's imperative for the, the ultimate mission, the ultimate purpose to bring Jesus to people, Father God. Well, ultimately, Lord, every person um, is on your heart. That's what's in your heart, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord, that we can lay on your chest just like the disciple John, and we can hear your heartbeat, and we can hear what's on your heart, and we can feel what, is, what, what, what you're feeling, Father God. We can see um, what you're seeing because you live in us, and we can abide in you and you in us. And I thank you, Father God, that you're, you're teaching us that intimacy, what it's like to actually abide in you, Father God, that there's nothing that can touch us because you live in us. I thank you, Father God, that even though there's been setbacks, there's been COVID, there's been political issues, there's been race issues, Father God, but that's not going to keep us defeated or discouraged or knocked down or our focus is not on those things, Father God, but our focus is fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith and the one who's completing the work in us that he started. So I just pray, Father God, that wherever anybody's at right now in their faith walk, Father God, that you begin to strengthen, establish, equip for your kingdom purpose and calling upon their lives. I thank you, Lord, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know their mission or their mission has been foggy or clear, unclear, Father God, I pray, Lord, that you would wipe the lens of their focus, 
so they can see, Father God, clearly what you want them to see. And then I, I pray, Father God, that, they, that you would be a light to their path and you would show them next steps. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to show us exactly where we're at. I thank you, Lord, that we can say, Lord, where are we at? Show me a picture of where we're at. How beautiful to hear the testimony of a sister who saw her pain and her hurt, and, 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 she, and she rose up. She stood up, and she left it at, the, at your feet because you're the one that can take on our pain and our wounds you already have. And you did it so that we don't have to live in them. So I thank you, Father God, that you have chosen freedom, that you had a mission, and that you took that mission to the cross, and you resurrected from from the sins and the wounds that we inflicted on you, Father God, so that we could live in freedom. What an incredible gift. Do we celebrate the gift of freedom, of life that you've given us as we've celebrated your birth? We thank you, Lord, that you're unwrapping and unveiling truth, revelation, and all kinds of kingdom gifts this year. And I just bless each and every person on this call. And I just pray, Father God, that you would be with them and you would protect them and you would keep them safe and you would give them the breath of your life so that they can praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father God, we just ask that you continue to just cover and keep Sarah and Dwayne, keep their family, God, keep them covered. We know you to be Jehovah Rapha, the healer, God, and we just thank you for their lives. We thank you for their obedience. We thank you for the push that they did and that they are walking this thing out, this thing called life out by faith. So I just thank you for covering and keeping them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord God, for being a present help in the time of trouble, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you for being the lifter of our souls, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Be in a hiding place, Lord God. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you again, Sarah and Dwayne, for pressing um, past your, you know, uh, infirmities right now and just bringing the word. Your your healing healed us through what you guys are going through. So thank you again. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Have a blessed Saturday. Thank you. Have a blessed day.
Thank you. Love you guys. You guys have a good Saturday. Have a blessed day. Love y'all. Love you all. Yeah, blessed Saturday, everybody. Yeah. Be blessed. Thanks. God bless. Love you guys. Happy Saturday.
true. Praying for our youth, heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared. True. 
you Heaven bent, supporting one another A living faith is what this life promotes Committed to press on Reaching life, forgiving one another While staying on our knees For it's God we aim to please We are declared Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please, we are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please, we are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
Heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please, we are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Praying for our youth, 
heaven bent, supporting one another, a living faith is what this life promotes. Committed to press on, reaching life, forgiving one another while staying on our knees. For it's God we aim to please. We are declared victory. Staying on our knees For it's God 